0: Welcome to HR Trends. Today, we are addressing the situation unfolding in the US right now. This is a traumatic time for people of color in the workplace, particularly. And it requires all of us to just lean in and have a conversation. So we're doing that today. We wanted to bring in two experts and leaders who really embody this spirit of inclusion, equity, and diversity in our organization. We have Wade Hinton, Vice President of Global Inclusion and Diversity at Unum. We also have Tim Arnold, President and CEO of Colonial Life, as well as Executive Vice President, Voluntary Benefits at Unum Group. Wade, I wondered if I could start with you. You joined Unum in 2018 to head up the Office of Inclusion and Diversity, I believe one of the first things you did was actually change the name. It was originally the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, but you put inclusion first. Can we just begin with that? And why did you want to do that?
1: Yeah, Claire, and and you're absolutely right. I think when we came in uh, in the fall of 2018, uh, one of the first things we did was to listen first to uh, leaders uh, like Tim and others to to figure out where their priorities are, what's important to them, what what was their passion but also to our employees and, and workforce and um, what we found and what we believe to be true is um, people and 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 the organization really wanted to lead uh, wanted to lean in uh, but to do so we had to really address culture first mm-hmm. and uh, we we know that diversity is important we lift it up in part of our we are unum uh, tenants uh, appreciation for differences but if we're going to get there, we have to really focus on being an inclusive organization first. And so oftentimes what you see is uh, study after study show how the numbers uh, of diverse teams will actually impact the bottom line in a positive way. But that only happens if you have an inclusive organization. So we decided let's focus on inclusion first, because if we do that, if we get that right. Not only will we have the culture that we are all striving for, that leaders are looking for, the, the workforce really was looking for. We think that the diversity uh, of our organization will also change and, and benefit, mm-hmm. and not only be attracted to the organization, but stay, grow and develop. And so that was why we decided to switch uh, that. And I think uh, what we are finding is is that is making an impact in how we talk about it.
0: That's wonderful. And Tim, I wonder, from your perspective, you obviously long history, you were at Unum for 27 years, you shifted into the leadership roles at Colonial Life. How ha, do you have thoughts on on, on the office that, that Wade's been leading?
2: Yeah, I thought, I thought Wayne uh, articulated it extremely well, talking about the importance of inclusion as a part of a culture. Um, in the past, as we were focused on diversity, and diversity is critically important but diversity is really about demographics and inclusion is about culture and do you make is your culture one where you make decisions in an inclusive kind of way i heard a quote once that i think does a nice shout And that quote was diversity isn't in being invited to the party inclusion is being invited to dance that's <laughs> true are you really including people are you really listening are you understanding their point of view are you incorporating in your decision making process a lot of different points
0: That's so wonderful. And Wade, I wonder if I could ask you when I know when you talk you've you mentioned two major elements. The first one you talk about a lot is psychological safety. Uh, so being able to show one's true self, at the workplace without fear of negative consequences of self-image, status, or career. So that's something you've talked about a lot, psychological safety. Um, And the second piece you talk a lot about is what you call the three E's. So being number one, equitable, so being fair. Uh, Number two, being engaging. So are you being inviting to people? And then number three, being exemplary, so being, being an example in the workplace. I wonder if you could speak to these two elements, psychological safety, and then these, these sort of being equitable, engaging, and exemplary.
1: Yeah, so I, I think I would you know, pick up where Tim just referenced, which is that being invited to dance, right? And, and, and that inclusion side, right? Which is really what you wanna create is a sense of belonging. Right, you want to you want people to walk when we they walk through those doors of Unum or they log in uh, based on what we're doing right now in <laughs> terms of the pandemic, right? But they have that sense of belonging, and that means that if something is going uh, right, they can you know raise their hand and say that's great, uh, manager, supervisor, teammate, colleague. Uh, but if something's going wrong, they feel comfortable and confident mm-hmm. enough that the environment is safe enough that they can also call that out to right? Uh, If they're feeling uneasy about something, right, if there's some challenges around, uh, again, the process or product, they feel powerful or empowered enough to actually step up and say something. And that that really, when you have that psychological safety clear is where the magic really happens, right? Because that's when innovation and people are really allowing their talents to be fully realized. If you don't have that, what you end up resulting with is a, a less engaged workforce. So mm-hmm. uh, managers and leaders have to be vulnerable enough to talk about the fact that, by the way, they're not perfect, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're figuring things out as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And that gives uh, their team members the license to also, you know, understand they have to learn, they have to take risk, and all these other things as well. But it it, it does help mm-hmm. with this. Now that right. I think that that. Translates into our 3E model, which is really about the three questions you ask. Right? Is it equitable? So if you're doing or making a decision around whether it's a program or a policy or or, or anything, right, or product, are you reaching your target audience in a way that really meets them where they are? Are you? Is is it is it showing up in a way that if you're you're, you're doing a program uh, and you you realize that wait a minute, there are not going to be any women that will be eligible for this program, right? Mm-hmm. If we're thinking about succession planning and it doesn't show up in a way, is it really equitable? Have we given people projects uh, that would allow them the opportunity to show their talent or are we picking the same folks, right? Those are the questions. Mm-hmm. Then are we, have we engaged, right? Have we actually sought out advice from others? Uh, and so that's why employee resource groups are so important, right? Because they allow us to really connect and get different perspectives and points of view That they can be really helpful, not only how we lead, but also how we we grow our companies and and, and think about innovative products and things and ideas, right? And then the last one, Mm -hmm. is it an example of diversity and inclusion? And if it's not, right, if you don't look and see at an imagery, the imagery or even how a panel is selected or any of those things, if it's not an example of uh, of those things, you can go back and and engage. Uh, others to help you get there, but th- that's how we look at it. That's those are the questions. They're very three simple questions, right? But those are the questions we're asking leaders to ask themselves. And I think if they do that, I, I do think that the 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 benefit to the organizations and their teams will be really impactful.
0: That's wonderful. And and Tim, I wonder if you could speak to that also. These um, this element of psychological safety in leadership amid this current climate. Um, how does that how does that play in, that psychological safety?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a great point, Claire. Um, you know, I think leaders need tools that can help them create that environment, that culture of safety, so that people will feel comfortable speaking up. One of the things that we've done here that's have, had a positive impact is reverse mentoring, where we have people who are more junior earlier in their careers uh, and who are people of, of color. And mm-hmm. we're asking them to mentor with people in the executive team mm-hmm. so they can share their experiences and make the executive better understand the place that the person's coming from so that mm-hmm. they can create an environment where people are more comfortable sharing their point of view. So uh, Colonial Life is headquartered in Columbia, South Carolina. We are a subsidiary of Unum Group. And as I think most people know, Unum Group has campuses all over the world, but uh, we're here in Columbia, we're the most diverse. And as Wade and his team have done just a fabulous job helping us with the framework and with tools and helping around how to have a courageous conversation and what that looks like, we recognize because we're very, very diverse that we needed um, a little more support. And we uh, worked with an external consultant and we created a curriculum called Leading Inclusively, and these were immersive experiences for all of our leaders on this campus, where we forced those courageous conversations. It force sounds harsh, but really, is, as a leader, I would encourage you to think about it. Think about how you're going to have those conversations happen if you aren't committed to them, if you aren't leading by example, if you aren't really kind of forcing them, because it can be uncomfortable. I heard a speaker in a podcast last week say, you know, um, African-Americans have been uncomfortable for hundreds of years. We'd like it if maybe some people on the other side of the conversation could be uncomfortable for a couple of minutes. And so you have to put yourself out there. You have to agree to be uncomfortable. Those courageous conversations have led to some real breakthroughs in the way that we open up and let people, uh, to which point earlier, be vulnerable Ask people to be vulnerable, but create that psychological safety clear that you were talking about as well. We have not, um, we we don't have all the answers. We're still learning, but that those tools have really helped a
1: lot. I just want to say that this is a time, and people are really confused about. Well, what? Wait a minute. This is something. These are things that happen outside of work. But I will, I would submit to you that a lot of the things that happen out of so outside of work influence how we operate inside work, right, at at work. And this is one where there have been uh, traumatic uh, experiences um, that have impacted people. And I I will tell you that uh, that when you think about engagement and productivity and all of those things, people are thinking about these things, right? And I, I, I just wanna make sure as we talk about, we just celebrated Mental Health Awareness Month, right? And you think about the trauma that has just taken place, we've gotta be mindful of that. Uh, And that people are bringing this to work. And I'll say this, this, uh, this one thing that uh, Herbin Hassan, who's the chief diversity officer at Walmart, uh, discussed at uh, one of his talks. And he talked about the fact that when there is an exclusion, when there is some kind of discrimination or bias and someone who's impacted by this, there's a neurological uh, signal that that is the same as a physical, physical injury. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you've broken your arm, right, you have that same kind of signal that's been sent and I just want us to think about that for a moment, right? We wouldn't, if we were in sports, uh, we can remember sports for a moment, we wouldn't send injured players out on the field or on the court. And so we're sending injured in some ways, people who are been traumatized into the workforce and, and expect them to deliver without, uh, without thinking about the impact to their work. So we've gotta be mindful of that. And we know that if we can make space, create that psychological safety, then we ultimately can create a space for healing as well which will allow them to really contribute and be their best selves. So I just wanna make sure that people are mindful of that.
0: Thank you, Wade, for putting that into words, because that's exactly why sort of this call to action, I think for all of us, like you said, to address this, uh, create space uh, and that empathy. Uh, and then Tim, thank you so much for these amazing examples uh, that you and other leaders have been creating here at Unum Colonial Life. That leads us really to the question of resources. So. We're really looking at how can managers then, you know, how can organizations, just like you said, we can't have silence right now. And we need to have those courageous conversations. And we, you know, and, and leadership obviously needs to self reflect. And, and like you said, Wade, like, you know, asking all those questions around the three E's. Um, in terms of resources, and we will be able to link to some from our web show description, you know, what, is there anything you would guide people towards to read or to uh, next steps on of how to, you know, take this conversation uh, and put it into practice?
2: Yeah, um, first I'll start off by saying I had a reverse mentor, a young lady named Jessica Corbin. She's fantastic. Uh, she's helped me uh, a lot. And one of the ways that she helped me was suggesting I read the book, The Hate You Give. i would heard of it and I heard people talking about the book and the movie, and I I did read the book. It's The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. It's a fantastic book. The movie's good too. I like the book better. Um, So that's one. Uh, Another one is called What If by a guy named Steve Robbins, and it's a fantastic book on inclusion and diversity. And then for the folks on the podcast who uh, are into heavier reading, I would highly recommend a book called Simple Justice by Richard Kluger. It was originally published in the 70s and updated in the 80s. And it's a story of Brown versus Board of Education. And as I think about all the ways that we've experienced systemic injustice in this country, what has happened with education is one of the worst. And it's a place where I have a passion about making sure that we're doing the right thing here in South Carolina and throughout the U.S. And there is significant work that needs to happen to even in 2020, more so than ever, and solving for education. And this book will really help you see how far we still have to go, how far we've come, but how
1: far we still have to go. Yeah. Mm. Now Those are great, Tim. I, I would just add a couple of things. One, um, you know, is the fact that you might have the best resources, I think already at your disposal at an organization which is talking with some of your employees uh, he, uh, Tim mentioned the reverse mentoring and and uh, miss Corbin right that that was a great resource for him to really get uh, some some uh, information guidance thought perspective and experience that has been able to shape his leadership so that's one I would say look internal um, for for opportunities we mentioned employee resource groups um, and if you don't have that you know certainly, um, I, I think making sure you're you're thinking who you who you you, you pick for projects. Like you, I, I know oftentimes we may find people that we believe we go our go-to people, if you will, right. If we can go beyond that and enlarge that circle a bit, that helps. The second thing I would say is there are some broader groups out there like uh, CEO Action uh, that I would say provide plenty of resources for people to um, to actually uh, access. Right. This is a network of CEOs and uh, uh, chief uh, HR officers, as well as chief diversity officers, with a ton of resources and action items that can help uh, move the needle. Uh, when we think about uh, different uh, podcasts, like Code Switch uh, is one I would certainly uh, recommend. And then I get into, in terms of actual uh, books, uh, I would say something like Inclusion by Jennifer Brown is a good uh, place for people to uh, consider, uh, as well as uh, Ta-Nehisi T- T- Coates, uh, between the world and me is a, a phenomenal read if you are um, interested in, in, in the construct of race that is one i think that will really uh is written in such a, a beautiful way that that it is hard to read but it's one that that sort of you sit with and and, and get a, a sense and then finally um the fire next time is a, a classic by james baldwin and, and certainly would recommend people to uh to look at that as well but there are a of resources we know that are out there. I think what's important is to do something, right? And it it doesn't have to be perfect, but just do something. That one um, coffee, uh, whether it's virtual or in person that you have with someone, uh, that one decision about adding someone to that project, uh, that one opportunity to do reverse mentoring as Tim mentioned, right? Those are the things that will make the difference. Those small small decisions, they will add up. Uh, And again, I think people are expecting this of leaders Uh, to to, to, to do going forward.
0: That is a great place for us to end. Just that call to action, whatever step we can take, uh, we we take it. Uh, Thank you for these great resources. We're gonna link to them from our show description. If you're on lockdown and working from home, more time to read, uh, more time to listen to podcasts. Uh, So please do uh, take a look at those resources. And thanks to Wade and Tim for joining us for such an important conversation. And thank you everyone for listening. We're gonna be coming back to this in coming months and and really just looking more into how to build workplaces uh, based on inclusion, equity, and diversity. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.